Hey, this is Dexter Sites. My name's Caleb Wood. My name is Billy Wood-Dolphin. And you're listening. You're listening to... You are listening to the Drum Report. To the GoPro Drum Report. To GoPro Drum Report. On Verbmoto. On Verbmoto. On Verbmoto. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, and I am using both those terms fairly loosely. I'm looking forward to this episode. Been wanting to have this kid on for quite some time. Drew Adams from Team Green Kawasaki. Before we get to the show, I want to let you guys know that you need to enter the Verb Edit Contest. There's a, there's a story version as well as a short three-minute version that you can enter. All the information is on the website, verbmoto.com forward slash verb edit contest. Best of luck to you. Now let's get to the pod. Welcome to another episode of the Grom Report. I'm your host, Brad Gebhardt. With me on the line, a very, very special guest. You probably follow him on social media, and if you don't, you probably should get on that real quick. You probably, he broke the internet uh, about four or five years ago when, at the tender age of about 11 or 12, jumps onto uh, a Kawasaki 450, now better known for spinning some pretty flat, fast lap times on some Kawasaki 250Fs. I'm talking about the 300 machine of Drew Adams. Drew, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be on the show. It's going to be a good one. Hell yeah, it's going to be a good one. Uh, you, my friend, are one fast racer, my friend. You are uh, extremely talented. You've been that way for quite some time, moving up to big bikes over the last couple of years, and uh, like you just continue to, to acquire more skill and speed seemingly uh, as the months go by. Uh, let's dig a little bit deeper into uh, where this all got started. How did your story in motocross get going? Uh, so I just kind of uh, – my dad grew up road racing – and I never, I never really tried it out, but I had a little 50 and I rode it around stuff. And, uh, I just got into it at a young age, you know, and, uh, was been doing it ever since, you know, grinding every day. Yes, sir. Yeah. No, and you've been uh, doing some serious training, uh, down. We know that you're, uh, you, you've got some pretty famous, uh, the training partners, uh, goes, goes by the name of Jet and Hunter Lawrence. Uh, how, what's it like trying to keep up with those guys? Uh, it's definitely difficult, you know, I ride with him, uh, 24-7, so, uh, it's definitely difficult, you know, it makes you mad sometimes when they, uh, you know, Jetty's just insane, and also Hunter, he's crazy on a dirt bike, they're just both, uh, so smart and so technical, so it's good learning from them every day, and, uh, you know, it's a big, big part of, uh, my transition to the bigger classes and stuff, and, uh, they're helping me come up to, uh, to the pro levels, hopefully soon. And, uh, yeah, it's good. Yes, sir. We've seen you at uh, some Futures events, including the SMX Final, uh, where you were able to have yourself a great ride. Um, this last, uh, like, about three weeks ago, Anaheim 2, uh, like, fast and qualifying, but i got to imagine that you uh, you left there a little bit frustrated with the overall result. Uh, yeah, for sure. I was definitely a little bit disappointed with it, because uh, all day, I, you know, I felt really good and uh, – strong on the track the track broke down really 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 bad because i think it was just raining and raining on the track uh while while the dirt was sitting in the stadium for may one but um you know i just got off to a bad start in the main event and uh you know just the track being so rough us amateurs aren't really familiar with it so uh, i mean it was definitely a challenge you know i was bad start i came back up a little bit but uh i really didn't ride that that good in that main event but uh i've been Training really hard, you know, riding, we're 
just have the tracks beat here now. So uh, trying to get used to the uh, broken down tracks. And obviously the next one's Daytona. So that'll definitely break down too. But uh, yeah. No, that that uh, Daytona is kind of a bottomless pit of motocross greatness. You've raced that event on, on an 80, a Super Mini, and now uh, on, on a 250F. What's that transition been like for you? Um, you were you were probably a little small in stature uh, until all of a sudden you kind of uh, went up like a weed uh, growing quite quickly. What was that transition like for you moving over to the big bike and uh, learning how to chuck that thing around? Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely at, at first I was a little, little short guy and, uh, just, just a little weakling on the 250, but, uh, I moved up to 250s really early. I was, I actually was riding a 250 and just, I was riding a 250 during the week and going to race a super mini on the weekend. So, uh, I, I mean, I've been on one for quite some time now and I'm pretty comfortable on them. And, uh, like you said, I was, I'm a bit of a big guy now on one. So, uh. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm in a strong point and uh, definitely the strongest I've ever been. And, uh, yeah. Well, you've got to be strong if you're going to uh, kind of go toe-to-toe with uh, Jet and Hunter uh, on a weekly basis. Do those guys rough you up a little bit? Are they kind to you? And uh, can, are you able to kind of throw it back a little bit? Or is it just nothing but respect for the uh, the 450 uh, guys with the, with a couple of AMA championships underneath their belt? Oh yeah, we we definitely talk to the smack during the day. You know, there's never a dull moment. Uh, I mean, obviously, like I said, I train with them all the time. If I'm going fast one day, I'll talk some crap to them. If they're going really fast one day, they talk some crap back. And then, obviously, my uh, my train my other training partner, Chance Hymas, me and him are uh, good good training buddies. He I learned from him too because he's getting pretty quick now and. Uh, yeah, so it's it's good. We definitely we definitely rough each other up a lot. So uh, I mean, some people would say it's you know like be respectful to them and stuff, but uh, I think that it's a good thing that we're doing. You know that they rough me up, just get me ready for uh, for the upcoming years. How is Chunk doing? Uh, that is how he's affectionately known out the, in the uh, the Utah area, growing yeah. up racing the RMX series. Uh, how, yeah. how is our friend Chunk? Uh, he's, he's doing good. I mean, he had the, at Detroit, he had a uh, little mishap in the heat race, and I think he hurt his knee that he was out for a while. Because uh, last year, he tore his ACL, and he was out for a good while, but he's been on some good recovery. And uh, I think in that heat race, he dabbed his leg in the sand section, I'm pretty sure. And uh, it just kind of messed him up a little bit for the night. But uh, I think that his speed was definitely there, and uh, I think that he could be a – Top three or title contender for the East Coast. Oh, certainly, man. Though he's he's on the come up for sure. Now you've been on the green machines for quite some time. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't have a 125 for you to sort of uh, uh, go from the super mini to the big bike. So uh, you're on. You're, like you said earlier, you're on 250s pretty early in your racing career. Um, what, what's your kind of take on that? Like, there's sort of two two schools of thought that like being on the the 125 as a as a bike as a stepping stone bike can kind of help with progression as far as going to a full size motorcycle. But eventually, of course, you're going to end up on four strokes. You're going to end up on 250Fs. Uh, so why not just jump on them right away? Uh, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that it was a big step from the super mini, but. I I liked the decision that we made because uh, just like getting on the four strokes early and stuff, you know, is a whole different 
whole different format, you know. So uh, I'm glad I never rode a 125, honestly, and I'm glad I made you know made that step early and kind of got ahead of uh, some of the kids that I've raced because I'm usually racing older kids. Mm-hmm. So um, I've just always I've always been racing older kids my whole life, and um, it doesn't really affect me that much. So I'm glad I made that step. What is your, uh, what, first of all, when's your birthday? But also, when, normally when I ask young young racers when the, how old they are, they give me their a- AMA age, uh, as if they're programmed to do so. Uh, what AMA year are you? Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm AMA 15 now. My real age is AMA, er, is a 15. Okay. So I, I don't think that, I don't think that you really do AMA age. AMA age, which once you go up to big bikes like 250s and 450s, I don't think that 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 matters anymore. But uh, Fair my birthday is March March 31st, 2008. Oh, you got a birthday so, coming uh, up. Um, yeah, yeah, soon. What's what, what's been the uh, the what, what's the schedule like for you going forward? Uh, are we going to see you at some Tex uh, the Texas two step, whether it's uh, Freestone and then uh, I, I believe it's uh, now Oak Hill uh, is the second of those two rounds. Of course, there's World Mini that's off in the distance. I don't know if you're going to be able to make it out to that, but that would be pretty cool. Uh, that's happening yeah. April fourth uh, through seventh. That's going to be an unreal race. We're hoping to have Glenn and Gordon out for that. Uh, so this is basically an informal invite for you to come to that event. But what what's the next few months look like for you? Um, so I'm, I'm pretty much just fully focused on SX futures Okay. for now. Okay. Uh, well, I'm not, I'm not going to Texas this year where cause kind of messes up my, uh, supercross training. Okay. I would have to hop on some outdoors for that, for those races. So uh, I'm really just focused on, you know, the next four futures rounds. And then, uh, after that, you know, we'll hop on some outdoors and get ready for all my outdoor races. So speaking of outdoor races, you dropped the bomb on me pre-show. We're chit-chatting. Like, oh, what's your summer going to look like? Possibly some some of those moto combines. Like, we've seen lots of guys your age uh, start to dabble in some pro stuff. Maybe you're heading back to the ranch. And then you pull out of nowhere that you're going to be racing, possibly be racing the Triple Crown Series up here in Canada. First three rounds, Calgary, Alberta, Lethbridge, and then Pilot Mound, which happens to be in my backyard. I'd be excited to see that because uh, I've had the pleasure of watching you race about four times in person uh, on uh, stateside. But I've never seen you race up here, dude. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, so um, I'm definitely looking forward to Canada. I've been We've been talking about it for some months now, and uh, I think it would be a, I think it would be a good, uh, a good like uh, learning system for when I do go pro over here in the states. Mm-hmm. So um, I think you know Dean Wilson did it when he was younger. He uh, he went over there and raced a few rounds, maybe the whole thing. I'm not for sure, but um, yeah, I think same good, with Bill Poto. I, I think it's a good stepping stone for me, and uh, yeah, just to learn. You know, and I, uh, I trained one of Dylan, Wright. He's actually training at the facility that I train at now too. And we're good. Oh, buddies. No way. So, uh, yeah. So well, um, I see him every day and, uh, he's gonna take me over there and, you know, just, uh, have me by his side while, while we're doing the events. Certainly. Well, Dylan is an absolute badass on a dirt bike. And, uh, yeah, having a guy like him in your corner would always be a a good feather in your cap. Um, 
When it comes to training for Supercross, uh, what's the progression like? Obviously, like I, I know a lot of guys, they sort of uh, they don't just jump into doing whoops on the first day. Um, but you've gotten to the point where you're racing the entire track, you're linking things together. Uh, but what did that look like for you when you first started making your way out onto a Supercross track and sort of feeling that out? Um, and how, how quickly thereafter were you able to sort of feel really at home, jump the jumps, and and start to link some sections together? Yeah, so I've been riding Supercross for a really long time, ever since a young age. And uh like you said, I just I've been hitting whoops for a while too now, so I think that I think they're pretty fun, but uh I actually like training on a Supercross track more than I do outdoors, you know. I think it's uh just more fun and thrilling, you know, outdoors you just two long motos every day and uh Supercross you do, you know, some different laps, maybe some long motos and uh the track's always breaking down a lot more outdoors. You just, uh, you just have the one line. So, uh, I think supercross training for me is more fun than training on an outdoor track for sure. Yeah, dude. Uh, and like, obviously you get to, uh, to compete under the bright lights. Uh, you got a little bit of a taste of that with, uh, the XMS final in, uh, in Vegas. Take me through that event a little bit. Um, it was a, a marquee event for you and you were able to, uh, put in a pretty impressive performance. <laughs> Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I'll, I've I I don't really know the history behind LA, but my dad and all the all the uh, older people that uh, I know, you know, they're saying it's such a cool thing to be in. I mean, it is cool being down there. That was my first like real Supercross race, and um, I mean, yeah, it was it was pretty cool. We had a fresh we had a fresh track for our race. It was uh, we raced like before all the races, so. I mean that was kind of nice, but uh, yeah, it was definitely cool, like jumping up into the into the asylums and stuff, and uh, being under the lights. You know what's funny is that we were sitting on the gate for the main event, and the sun was going down, and they didn't have the stadium lights on yet. And I was like, I went up to the AMA guy, and I was like, Hey, are you guys gonna turn the lights on? Because it's like the track's really dark. They're like. Oh, we totally forgot about that. Yeah, we'll what? call up and tell them to turn the lights on. I was like, oh my God, that would have been sketchy. No kidding. Uh, yeah, I think everyone owes you a Coke for that one. Uh, good call. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, excellent ride from you. I think the only person that wasn't happy with for you was Mark Finnis because he was pissed to get second. Um what type of rivalries do you have within sort of amateur racing? Like obviously there's guys you've been seeing for literally better part of decades racing against these guys. Uh, is it friendly competition? Is there any animosity that exists within that? Um, and like, you don't have to get into specific stories, but uh, amateur motocross is serious business. Uh, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty friendly guy and I'm friends with everybody off the track. You know, I just, Try not to make enemies like that, you know. But uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to on the track racing, you know, no one's your friend. You can't, you can't just be buddy and buddy with people on the track. You know, it's a, it's a one man sport. I mean, obviously you have your t- team behind you and stuff, and your parents and your mechanic and everything. But uh, when when it when the gate drops, you know, it's up to you to get the job done. Yes, it certainly is. And and to get that job done, uh, you've got to put together a set of skills and the intensity to be able to use those skills at the highest level possible. Who do you model your 
riding style after, uh, who, who gives you inspiration? Maybe it's some of the guys that you train with. Uh, and then also what is like, what would you describe as Drew Adams style? Like if you were wearing like basically like all black bike, all black gear, like completely generic look, how would be able to know that it's you? Ah, I mean, people know me for my whips. You know, I I used to, when I was just a little bit younger and I first got on two fifties, I'd do a lot of whips and stuff. But uh, yeah, you used to send it, dude. I haven't seen that in a while. I wasn't gonna say nothing, but I I haven't seen. I don't don't really do it much anymore. I'm just working on going fast now. The money comes when you go fast. So, um, I mean, obviously, I train with Dead every day, so I really try and project my style as his because I, you know, I watch him every day and stuff. And even Hunter too, he's got great style. Um, Very smooth. But I mean, I would say like before I moved down here, I had a little bit more wanky style, you know, just kind of scrubbing and whipping and seeing how low I could get off the jumps and stuff. But uh, it's kind of, kind of changed a little bit, you know, it's not really like, uh, it's not really necessary anymore, you know, just uh, corner speed and, Stuff like that is uh, kind of like the important thing now. Fair enough, fair enough. And fair now, before enough. I let you go on uh, the Verb Moto broadcast podcast, this is the Grom Report. Um, you had the pleasure of being, I believe, we were the first guest on uh, Radio Fox, which was uh, was something we brought back at Loretta's last year. Uh, it's yet to be seen whether or not we see you back at the ranch uh, for uh, for any amount of motos this year. Um, but how cool was that? Being able to be a sort of a part of that, something that existed long before you were born, uh, and have them sort of bring it back with you being a Fox athlete. Um, and in my humble opinion, uh, it, it's, it's sort of the goal of all uh, young athletes to be a Fox athlete at some point in their career. Oh yeah. I mean, it was definitely, it was definitely cool to be at the ranch and do that podcast, you know, midweek is pretty cool. Cause you don't really have service there or nothing. Your phone still works. So, uh, I didn't even get to watch the video until we left the ranch. That was how, uh, yeah, I believe that. So, yeah, it was it was it was fun, and you know, Loretta's was a up and down week with the rain and stuff. That was crazy. It's a quagmire I've never, really, I've never really had a Loretta lens like that. You know, just straight mutter. But um, and like you said, you know, it's great to have Fox by my side. You know, getting me fully kitted. I'm uh, Fox head to toe. You know, I love the stuff. It's sweet. It's from favorite boots. The helm, the new helmet is sweet. I love the gear. It's always sick. And uh, yeah good thing to have no doubt like, i'm sure when you're practicing like guys like uh uh jet hunter even chunk are probably just looking at you head to toe and you're there with with uh dylan Wright, and he's wearing fox head to toe except for the goggles he's he's an oakley guy like just like just just the the jealousy in their eyes must just like fuel that fire for you it's got to be an enjoyable experience for you oh yeah they're they're all very jealous of me that's how it works around here Fair enough. Did you ever like catch like Jet like kind of like just snooping around your gear bag, maybe like kind of steal a jersey or like trying to try it on, see what it feels like? I mean, I haven't caught him yet, but I'm sure I will one day. I'm I'm sure he'll be up in my shop snooping around. <laughs> I love it. Awesome, dude. Well, we got uh, Drew Adams here on the Verb Moto Grom Report. Dude, I am so excited to uh, to see you do your thing uh, with the Supercross Futures finishing out the season. And then, uh, yeah, very likely heading up on up to Canada to race some Canadian Nationals, test your medal, and, uh, yeah, run up front oh, with yeah. uh, the rest of the Canadian boys. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, yeah. It's going to be fun. going to have a 
blast up there. Hopefully, uh, show the Canadian boys what's up, you know, and uh, come up and do my thing, you know. Absolutely, no. It'll be good to see you on the on the green machines. Uh, before I let you go on this, I know you got a ton of uh, great sponsors, an impressive list. Uh, give some of the bigger ones uh, some love for us here on the Verb Pod Network, the Grom Report, and then I'll let you get on with the rest of your day. Oh yeah, I mean definitely my mom and my dad. You know, I couldn't couldn't be here without them. Uh, the big man up above for keeping all the dirt bike riders safe. Uh, my whole team, Monster Energy team here at Post Surrey Kawasaki have helped me ever since I was a little kid, you know, and uh, definitely uh, Fox for keeping me kidding, you know, I can, couldn't wear gear without him, I guess you could say, and uh, my trainer, Michael Byrne at Moto Blueprint, all the boys down here at the Dog Pound, Jet Hunter Lawrence, Dazzy Lawrence, Chance Hymas, all my boys, um, Renthal for keeping me kitted up with the uh, bars and stuff, and uh, Maximal Oils for keeping my bikes looking good and uh, everybody else that supports me a massive thanks too. Absolutely, my friend. Well, it probably won't be the last time that we have you on uh, the Verb Pod Network, but it very well could be the last time we have you on before you go completely pro and just leave this old amateur stuff in the dust. But uh, really appreciate you making some time for us today. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, Drew. Don't hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, let's cut things off right there. And there he goes. That's it. That's all for this episode of the Verb Pod Network, the Grom Report. Hopefully you're enjoying this podcast, all podcasts that we put out on a weekly basis. I believe I have three reoccurring episodes every single week, which is quite busy on top of my regular schedule. Uh, trying to lock down some sales for Verb Moto on the side as well. So I got my hands full uh, having some fun over here. You guys have yourselves a great rest of your week. Enjoy the weekend off. Maybe watch some old races. I highly recommend Phoenix 03 if you're looking for a good one. That's on YouTube. You just Look it up, Google it, or I guess YouTube is owned by Google. So essentially when you're searching something on YouTube, you are in fact Googling something. But anyway, uh, you guys have a great rest of your day, and uh, as always, thanks for listening.